Praise the Lord. We welcome you all today to our live broadcast, April 2nd, 2023. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Father God, we give you all the praise, all the honor, as we come before your throne of mercy. As we come, Father God, to hear from you, pray, Lord, for your enablement, that we may walk this walk of faith, that we may run this race according to the prescribed words, that we may continue to depend on ancient words in the scriptures and not on any other. Father, deliver your children who are in bondage today in organized apostate Christianity. And for the remnant church, you have faithful followers all over the world that the light will begin to shine from every place wherever they are, Lord, to envelop and overcome the darkness that has taken over the world. Father, you are God. Manifest your power through your children, Lord, through the remnant church in every land, in every clime. And let the powers of darkness begin to be vanquished in every place as the light of your children begin to shine forth in every corner of the universe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We put the devourer, Lord, for the sakes of your children and put them in flight, Lord, that they will no longer triumph in any form. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. We thank you all, as you can see, on the board, on the screen, we have our website, we have the Facebook, YouTube. Join training of those for our live broadcasts or to access other resources. The instrumental is taken from Abrakale Brassi, and may God continue to bless him and his ministry and family. We are going to conclude today our series, Stand Up for Jesus. The outline is on the screen, but we're going to run through to the last one, which is today the Remnant Church must stand up for Jesus. Everything we have said in the last nine weeks, today being the tenth week, is all pointing to this time on the way forward. On the way forward for the children of God, for the faithful ones who have been crying in their closets, and saying, Lord, am I the only one left? You will know that there are so many more who are like you. Today we are going to tell all of ourselves what we have to do to stand up for Jesus in a broken apostate world heading downhill into destruction. Today's topic, the remnant church must stand up for Jesus. This series outline is again on your screen. Elijah confronts the king of Israel. Number two, denominations and mega churches. It wasn't so in the early church. So why are they there? Number three, the remnant church can be likened to the 7,000 faithful in ancient Israel. And of course, our song today, ancient words, which are the scriptures. Praise the Lord. Number one, Elijah confronts the king of Israel. Praise the Lord. Scripture, please. I read from 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 to 21. Then it happened, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O traveler of Israel? 
And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's stable. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Praise the Lord. Ahab was the king of Israel. Jezebel was his queen and wife. So 450 false prophets, the Baal worshippers, and 400 prophets of Asherah. I want you to note this in case I forget. Baal is your mammon today. And Asherah is your Ashtate today, or Easter. Those of you who celebrate Easter. Rather, according to the resurrection day of the Lord, you call it Easter. You are worshipping a false fertility goddess, Ashtoreth, or Asherah, or Astate, depending on wherever you go. They change their names, the Queen of Heaven. Please note it. The times are bad. We have to continue to call a spade a spade. The trouble of Israel was Ahab, not the prophet of God, Elijah. No. Because Ahab had forsaken the commandments of the Lord and had followed Baal and Asherah with his wife. At Mount Carmel, where Elijah is now going to challenge the false prophets, you have Ahab, 450 prophets of Baal, and 400 prophets of Asherah on one side, and Elijah the only true prophet of God that was evident at that moment on the other. You had spectators. Who were the spectators? The children of Israel. They were unsure who to follow. They were between two opinions, God or Baal or Asherah. They didn't know who to follow. Elijah is one true prophet, the number of 950. I mean, who do they follow? <laughs> Take a peek. And I want you to compare what took place at Mount Carmel with what is happening in the 21st century world. Please, make a comparison. Go in your room today and see the Lord's face, he will tell you. On one side in the world today, you have apostate Christianity. Please hear me. Apostate Christianity comprises all the major Christian denominations. No exception. And the mega churches. Did you hear what I said? And the mega churches. Many of the major apostate Christian denominations are worshipping Easter or the Queen of Heaven. They claim there's Mary, but forget it. It's the Queen of Heaven, Ashtate. Or Easter, which many are going to next Sunday tell me they're celebrating Easter. You are worshipping a false goddess. And then, of course, the mega churches, your leaders in the Pentecostal and Evangelical churches. They are prophets of mammon. That's why mammon, money, money. Money is a currency in all mega churches. So they are prophets of mammon. So they are on the one side, the mega churches and all the denominational Christian groups. 
on the other side. You have only few true followers of Christ, or who I call the remnant church, standing in the place of Elijah. But I hope you know who won the battle. And who are the spectators? The unbelieving world. And hypnotized believers in apostate Christianity. They are the confused spectators. Just as in Camel, they don't know who to follow God or Mammon or Easter. They don't know. Yet all they have to do is read the Bible. Thank you, Jesus. We shall go to number two. Denominations and mega churches. It wasn't so in the early church. It was not so. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the early church is one. It's still one. That's what it was at the beginning. There were no denominations. There were no mega churches. No mega groupings. And it was expected to remain one till Christ comes again. So what happened? The early church, if you read your Acts chapter 26 verse 18, understood its mission to don't believe in what to be, opened the eyes of unbelievers in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified or set apart by faith in Christ. That was a mission of the church. That's a mission of the church still today. When you are not on that mission of turning unbelievers, preaching so they can leave darkness to light, you are not serving God. Sadly, Self-seeking men and women in later centuries after the early church started to build their own empires. And Satan obliged them. Oh, Satan loved them. He and his demons gave them doctrines to show up their credentials. To ensure that they get very large following. Then they began erecting large structures which they call cathedrals to accommodate large numbers of people. Remember, the model of the early church was to go out to witness to wherever people gathered. Like in marketplaces, in riversides, wherever people gathered, that was a practice. But no, these big churches, structures were erected, saying, well, come in, bring all everything you have and come here. Just give us money. Make us rich and you are welcome and we will give you salvation. Christ was taken out of the equation. They adopted a bureaucratization with hierarchical structures that elevated a privileged few and divided the body of Christ into the favored, the so-called clergy, whenever you hear that clergy, that's, that's an abomination, and ignorant followers of the so-called lady. The Bible said it must not be so. You are all brethren. You cannot have servant-master relationship. But what did bureaucratization do? The hierarchies of this, that, that. They did it because they don't care. Because they know whom they are serving. Satan is their father. They also replaced Bible study fellowships in homes. That's what was happening. They went from home to home. That's where they gathered to break bread. 
and now did their services in erected cathedrals. And they told people that God's presence is here. I remember one apostate Christian group when they have what they call the host. They said there's the presence of God is there. They were mimicking the Jerusalem temple. But there can only be one temple that is physical, that's in Jerusalem, and is no longer there. The rest of the temple are human beings who are believed. But you see, they were really thumping their nose at God. They did all this without the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit cannot be where his direction is not sought and obeyed. That's why all these denominational churches and mega churches are apostate. Because without the Holy Spirit leading, any denomination or group claiming to be a true church of Christ is lying. What makes a church is two or three gathered and the Holy Spirit present. That's why they're apostate. They're like ancient Israel that worship both Baal and God. But we know where that's ended and what happened. Then let's look at the mega churches now of the 20th century who decided to rubbish what started in Los Angeles in 1906 in Azusa. They converted that Holy Spirit inspired revival to become a place for them to be stealing from people. Mega churches fit the definition of cults. They are cults. Please quote it and look the description in your dictionary. Wherever a leader holds an unquestioned authority and power power over his followers, that is a cult. That leader is a cult leader. So all your mega churches are led by cultic leaders. Those of them who claim to have power to work miracles and give prophecies are satanists. Their power is not from God. God can never manifest through unholiness and unrighteousness. God can never manifest through servants of Satan. It is impossible. Doctrines and presence are scriptural. God will never manifest through such vessels and through such gatherings. So anyone claiming to be prophesying in the name of the Lord, who is the leader of a mega church, is using witchcraft. And he's using witchcraft to keep you in bondage. That's why you can never question his teaching, you can never question his practices. When they shift a rod and say, Look at this rod, you will be saying, Man, he has inducted you to, witch, into, into, into becoming witches and wizards. If you argue otherwise, if you listen to me, you argue otherwise that no, they're not. And I'm saying, Please tell me, why many otherwise, including you, questioning if you are questioning? Educated believers fail to see the falsehoods and unbiblical practices of the leaders of the mega churches. I want you to tell me why. All that was very smart and intelligent people follow like sheep. They can never read their Bible and say, but what this man told us to do, a woman is all right. They can never do it. Why do you think so? Why do you think people are flocking every day? It is with power, but the power is not from God. We have to call it because Christ is on his way coming. So if you want to remain in unbelief or remain in bondage, it's your choice. But if you have had me today, your blood is on your head. You have had it from here. Tell it to your others. Even if you don't believe, tell other people you may be saving your soul. Praise the Lord.
the remnant church can be likened to the 7,000 faithful in ancient Israel. Scripture, please. First Kings chapter 19, verses 1 to 4. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Praise the Lord. Elijah, after Mount Carmel, when he had demonstrated the power of God over Baal, Asherah, and every other false god, ensured that all the prophets were put to the sword. So that Israel can now have no other choice but to follow God. Of course, the queen, Jezebel, sent a messenger telling Elijah, I'm out for you. I'm going to get you. Elijah is a human being. He became afraid. Don't blame him. I would run too. He went to Judah. Now he's tired. He's asking himself, look, I've done all that God has asked me. And he, this is this woman now trying to take my life. What can I do? He's now being, feeling sorry for himself. In ministry, how often have you felt sorry for yourself, servant of God? But don't feel so. But remember that strength like that too. But God understands. Scripture please. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 14. And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, am left, and they seek to take my life. Praise the Lord. Elijah is now crying out to God. I alone, nobody else. Nobody to support me. We thank God for faithful followers of Christ worldwide. You have refused to bow down to Mammon or to Ishtar or the Queen of Heaven. You have refused to be part of the denominational churches. You have refused to be part of the mega churches. You would rather stay at home and worship God. You would rather have fellowship in your home than to join your hands with Mammon as in the mega churches and most of the churches in the world or with Ishtar, the Queen of Heaven in many of the organized religions. Like Elijah, you are thinking that they are the only faithful follower of Christ left in the world, and you are beginning to feel sad. Please don't. Please let us know that just as God has 7,000 persons in ancient Israel who are not bowed their knee to Baal or Asherah or Astarte or Ashtoreth or the Queen of Heaven. God has many followers in all the countries of the world who have no bad their need to what? To money or mammon or to the queen of heaven as Saturday or Saturday or Easter. Know that there are those who have never bowed their knee and would rather die than bow their knee to mammon or to Easter. Sadly, the number of true followers of Christ pales very much in comparison 
to the number of deceived persons in apostate church denominations and mega churches in the world. So here's the way forward, as I'm led to say. To each of you, faithful servant of God, who is part of the remnant church, wherever you are in the world, prayerfully start Bible studies in your home, just like in the early church. Invite members of your family and your acquaintances. If you're a student in a college or university, start Bible studies in your school or college or university. I know that there are some fellowships in universities, but those are often tied to denominations or mega churches. You don't want to be part of those. Start Bible studies. Whether two or three of it doesn't matter. Better two or three going to heaven than millions in your congregation going to hell with you. For those faithful followers of Christ who have their resources, I'm talking about those who are rich. Other than giving it to some pastor or preacher to pray for you or to give him so that God will have forget it. Why don't you sponsor people in universities and colleges to start Bible study groups with their resources? Encourage them and sometimes visit them and share the word of God. You see, the Bible we have today is more than enough for literate persons to hear God speaking directly to them without intermediaries. The Bible is complete. In whatever version you take it, there's no conflict. Forget all that nonsense people try to preach and teach. The Bible is God speaking directly to his children. So the more you are reading it, God is speaking to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Scripture, please. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Praise the Lord. Did you hear the scripture? When those times when God is saying, I will enshrine my word in your hearts. So as you are studying the scripture, God is enshrining his word in your heart. He is enshrining his word. Because when you are hearing directly from God through the Bible, nobody can ever deceive you again. The words of God are life. It is life to those who eat it. It is food of the spirit. It will never be a spirit to grow. No wonder the devil fights so hard to make sure people don't read their Bibles. That's why he brought in all these false prophets into the churches and created mega churches so it can deceive you people. You just go there for entertaining yourselves while you are burning, while your spirit is dead, is dying or dead. There's no, it's not, it's not accidental. The devil doesn't want you to read the Bible. Read the Bible. Invite your family and friends and read with them. Your acquaintances in your community. If you have the resources, start Bible studies in different places in your town or your city or your country. Sponsor it. But tell them, just take the Bible, just read the Bible. And let people talk about it, what God is telling them through that Bible. Nothing more. And you find whether that revival will be waiting till the Lord comes will not start. Praise the Lord. 
Step up, please. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Praise the Lord. This scripture is self-explanatory. God's words are the only thing you need to enable you to grow. When you study to show yourself approved, so when you study the Bible, you are showing God that you are serious, that you really want to hear from him. And God will speak to you even further than that. But you never tell you anything that's outside of the Bible. So when you start seeing visions and all that that contradicts his word, run from those, plead the blood of Jesus. God's words are the ancient words. And those who want to remain in him, who have anchored their faith in his son, must read and put into practice what they read. Let me repeat. God's words are ancient words. And those who want to remain in God, who have their faith anchored in his son, must read and put into practice what they read. They will read the Bible daily because it is food for the spirit. Because God's words are ancient words. And I'll bring us to the song we have today, ancient words. Long preserve our walk in this world. There is sound with God's own heart. Oh, let ancient words impart. Words of life. Those are the words of life. They are words of hope. They give us strength. And they help us to cope in this world. That wherever we roam, ancient words will guide us home because they compass. Ancient words ever true. Changing me, changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let ancient words impart. came to us through the sacrifice of God's only son. Oh, may we always hear the faithful words of Christ. Holy words, long preserve our walk in this world. There is sound with God's own heart. Oh, let ancient words impart to you and to me. Ancient words are ever true. They are changing me and they are changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let ancient words impart. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray?
our Father and our God. We give you all the praise and honor for today. Father, the battle is joined. Touch your children wherever they are in the world. You are a remnant church. Let them begin to fight the fight of good faith. Let them stand up for your son Jesus. Let them, Father, manifest your power through them to break every barrier in their neighborhoods, in their communities, in their countries, in the world, oh God. Let your light so shine forth that the darkness enveloping this world shall be confronted and confounded. That the name of Jesus shall resonate everywhere, from east to west, north to south, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, break every yoke. Break every yoke. Break every yoke. Lift up your children, my Father, my God. Let them stand for your son Jesus. Manifest is no longer words for power to flow through them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And whoever we want to confront them, Lord, Father, put them down. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the words of the enemy no longer resound. Let the negatives begin to be broken up. And the denominations have been broken up so that those in bondage there shall be freed to serve the living God. Just like in the time of ancient Israel. Let that fire burn and destroy everything I've planted in these churches. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessings, glory, honor, Father, they all yours. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Thank you, Lord, for the conclusion of this. And my brothers and sisters, those of the remnant church, pray for us. And do the work of ministry. The time of the Lord's coming is at hand. You don't want to be caught sleeping anymore. Thank you, Jesus.